This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Kelsey Waddell, editor of Healthpayer Intelligence. There's been a lot of conversation about the ins and outs of interoperability. What technologies do payers need to adopt? What processes do they need to alter? How are they going to coordinate with different stakeholders? What internal teams do they need to lean into? But there's another question that is honestly just as pressing, and that is, where does the interoperability movement fit into the larger picture of an industry that is already undergoing major changes? Payers are thinking about price transparency. They're thinking about surprise billing. They're thinking about the changes happening in reaction to COVID-19. So how does interoperability factor into payers' goals in this changing environment? We have the opportunity to have Danielle Lloyd back with us on Healthcare Strategies today to answer these questions. Danielle is the Senior Vice President of Private Market Innovations and Quality Initiatives for Clinical Affairs at AHIP. She has worked in both the private and public sectors and held positions in insurer and hospital organizations. In her current role, she assesses insurance market trends and developing policy in the areas of emerging payment models, quality measurement, and health information technology interoperability. On the previous episode, Danielle shared with us on a more micro level about payer strategies around interoperability, but today she's going to give us the bigger picture. So Danielle, thank you for joining us again today. Thanks, Kelsey. So how would you characterize that overarching vision of interoperability from the payer's perspective? What are the big goals here? Because I think this is so important to make sure that we don't get lost in the details that we miss out on, you know, why are we doing this? So, um, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> why, why, why are we doing this? So, you know, it's interesting that you asked that because we, we just did a, an exercise with our, our members, you know, to, to stop and, and step back and think for a minute, you know, what, what where, where are we going with this? What are we, we trying to do from our perspective? And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that there is an overarching common goal. We're all consumers of healthcare, right? At the end of the day. And so the perspective is, how do we make sure that not only the consumers have the information they need easily at the ready, but their providers have the information they need to advise them on their care and their health and wellness, right? Um, and by doing so, how do we enable uh, the healthcare system to improve um, access to services, quality of care, um, equitable care? affordability, right? You know, how do we take the next step as, um, you know, as not just as an industry, but nationwide to make sure that we're uh, really getting the best value for our healthcare. And so I think that's the true North, right? That everybody's marching toward no matter who you are. And with this, when you think about the consumer and what we're getting out to them, the overarching theme, as I said before, right, is no matter what we're doing, we need to do it in a way that's that's private and secure, right? And we know we've got some next steps there that need to be taken. We need to make sure that we're doing this in a way that it doesn't adversely impact markets. So we don't want to see costs go up instead of down, <laughs> right? And that's important for some of the details of information that the administration is seeking to put out in terms of negotiated rates of payers, right? They're confidentially negotiated rates. Um, and 
you know, how do we get them not only pricing information, but quality information, right? When you think of value, it's not just price. <laughs> and that's been largely right. left out of the conversation. We have something that we uh, partner with CMS on called the Core Quality Measure Collaborative. And uh, that seeks to align measures across the private and public payers to identify measures that are really going to move the needle and improve care, um, reduce the burden on providers, and get consumers information that they need, right? So that you're not seeing one thing on one list saying a provider's good and one thing on another list is a provider's bad, right? What's, what's the, the true signal for the consumers? And when you think about the provider piece of it, you know, it's this notion of a trusted exchange of not how are we building a pipe between two payers or a payer and a provider or a, a payer and an app, right? But how are we building an ecosystem in a, in a network of being able to exchange information like the population health information or exchange back and forth the quality information. We're giving information to the providers about closing care gaps. They're sending back information to us so that we can benchmark their performance with others and, and know how they're performing, et cetera. Um, so there's that second piece. And then, you know, lastly, it's, it's sort of where are we going in that bigger picture, right? Artificial intelligence as an example is growing leaps and bounds. You've seen a lot of that in, during the pandemic with being able to identify COVID patients and next steps in their care and such. And, you know, the notion of using natural language processing as an example to do prior auth or, or do quality measurement without having to have the steps and the pass-offs of, of the different data. So we're really thinking about this broadly of if you are the consumer, what is it that you, you want the plan to give out? And how do you want to get that information? And how can the plans do that to meet the needs of, of the consumers and, and the providers on behalf of the consumers? So, you know, there's fantastic advancements that are available, right, as we move along this journey. But I, I think the three sort of main components to sum up is how do we get the information in the fingertips of the, the consumers? How do we get the information at the sort of the bedside, if you will, for the providers? And then how do we get the payers information so that they can intervene and help with your wellness, right? And avoid care or work on coordination across providers or work with community-based organizations on social determinants of health. There's a role for, for everybody in this space moving forward. So having an overview of the vision, now let's get more into sort of the, the regulatory vision of this movement. So we have a new administration, you know, that has come in and I'm curious how you see that changing or if it will change the trajectory of this movement towards interoperability. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, certainly we now know that Chiquita brooks Lashore is going to be the, the new CMS administrator, I guess, is the new administrator. And so we, we don't have, as I mentioned before, uh, a good sense of her long-term vision in this area. Um, however, we, you know, this issue, uh, interoperability, consumer data, transparency, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really bipartisan issue, right? Um, again, it's back to we're all consumers at the end of the day. And everyone needs this information to make informed decisions for themselves and, and their families. So, you know, this notion of transparency and interoperability is not going to go away. It's here to stay. It's going to grow even over time, especially as we have new technology 
enabling more change um, in the area, and we'll see policies to that effect moving forward. But at the same time, not only do you have a CMS new administrator, you've got a new ONC director, you have a new Office of Civil Rights director on privacy issues coming in, right? We don't, we don't actually know who that is even going to be. And you have new people at, I would point out, Labor and Treasury, right? Because they're also involved in some of the transparency aspects that are more around the commercial population, right? Which is a bit different. So we'll stick with this as a priority, I think. We might see some changes in, in some of the detail or uh, how some of the policies are implemented, but it's definitely a, an area that's here to stay. Great. And then, as you mentioned last time in our in our previous part of this conversation, there's a lot going on outside of this. Interoperability is just one major change that's happening. We also have the transparency rules and other sort of surrounding circumstances that payers are going to need to be taking into consideration and shifting on in some pretty major ways. So could you just sort of go through how this part, how this interoperability factor factors into the rest of the regulatory space right now and what's going on there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly, as I started to allude to there in, in terms of, you know, labor and treasury and the commercial piece, there are very different approaches for the health plans and federal programs, which we've been talking about heretofore, than there are for those plans that are in the commercial sector. And of course, some of them, you know, cover both product lines, right? So some organizations are responsible for both sets of rules. As an example, the qualified health plans in the marketplaces, they are actually responsible for both interoperability rules and this what's called the transparency and coverage rule. And so what that rule does for the commercial sector is it it takes a little bit of a different approach. So under the interoperability rule, you're using APIs to move data to these third-party apps at the request of the, the patient. Here, It's more about the plan apps. So there has to be 500 shoppable services at least in the plan app where a patient can go and get a price check basically. Hopefully other information to come like quality measures and other things as well. But the rule is focused on just the payment component. The other thing that they have to do is around uh, these machine readable files that include basically the negotiated rates for all the services, for all the providers, huge files. Those are absolutely not for consumers, right? No normal consumer is gonna be able to go and use these files. These files are similarly to the other rule intended to be picked up by the technology companies, the third-party app developers to use in creating those value-added apps, right? So it has that direct-to-consumer component and it has the to the third-party apps piece. I will say, just to make it a a little bit more complicated, you know, let's say you're an integrated delivery network and you have your own plan. Um, You're not only subject to potentially one of these two rules, but you have your own hospital charges rule that has its own 300 shoppable services on the web and machine readable file. So part of what we're saying is, you know, let's step back. And let's think about how we can maybe make this a little bit more cohesive and consistent across these different um, types of organizations, which sometimes are the same ones, in particular because 
since all of these rules were put out, we now also have the No Surprises Act out of Congress that was in one of the COVID packages. And that requires something called an advanced EOB. So when a patient goes, let's say to book a knee replacement at a, at a hospital, that would kick off a process where the providers would send to the payers, hey, you know, Danielle's about to have a knee replacement. Can you give her a price check? And then the plan sends it to me. So there's sort of so many different policies out there. How do we get a more of a cohesive approach, a more consistent approach? How do we make sure that we're thinking about who's the best source of that data? Right? Is it a hospital? Is it a plan? Is it a third-party app? Depends on what you're asking for, right? And think about how to, from a, a technology perspective, what's the best way to share it? And how do we make sure that we have a standard-based ap approach that's fully interoperable, regardless of these rules, right? To seamlessly share that um, information. And of course, within a reasonable time frame, <laughs> because as we've established, this is a lot to get done. Um, and at the same time, you know, going back to that first primary uh, set of principles, right, of we need to make sure through all this process, no matter who's handling the data, that there are privacy, robust privacy protections. And we have to make sure through all of these different web of policies that we don't have an unintended effect on uh, the markets and that we don't unintentionally raise prices for consumers instead of, of lowering them. So certainly we think that there's a lot more to be done in this area uh, uh, with the new administration and we're looking forward to working with them. Yeah, I think that that definitely sheds light on a comment that you made in our previous part of this conversation about just how this is not just about the IT teams, this is about also leading into those legal teams in multiple ways. But I imagine one of the ways is to keep track of all of this movement and make sure that checking the boxes, but also then you know moving forward, hopefully with that greater vision of interoperability to going beyond just checking boxes. We fundamentally missed as part of this conversation that you also have state laws that govern some of this, right? We're just talking about a Georgia law that requires some price transparency information or the fact that in some areas there's different rules around what mental health or substance use information can be shared or which caregivers can see the information of a minor. So... Uh, that it is absolutely recommended that your uh, legal counsel is uh, along you every step of the way. Makes sense. Well, thank you so much, Danielle, for coming on again to uh, to speak more on this really important issue that, again, we could probably do three more parts on this, but we're going to end it there for now. Thank you for providing your insights on this. My pleasure. Thank you. Listeners, we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to reach out to me at kwadil at extelligentmedia.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at extelligentmedia.com to share your thoughts. You can also use that email to let us know if there are any health industry related questions or stories you would like us to consider covering. And if you liked this episode and it sparked some thoughts for you, please head over to Apple and give us a few stars and a positive review. Thank you for listening. This has been an Extelligent Healthcare Media production.